0: Pronamel is the number one dentist recommended brand
1: for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit
2: pronamel.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original Boxer Briefs for Women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin tomboy x just dropped their pride 24 collection obsessively fit tested for all-day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6x visit tomboyx.com ready okay
3: give me a beat
1: Hello and welcome to Saver. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum, and we've
0: got another bonus episode for you today.
1: Yep, another Saturday bonus surprise. Although you could be listening to it whenever, as we've as we've said, we can't control.
0: No. Your fate is up to you.
1: Your fate is up to you. And today we are releasing. The interview we did with Alan Musket, a, a forager, a philosopher forager and stand-up myco-comedian. Those are his words, not <laughs> ours. That co median my excuse me. Um, <laughs> that uh, we, we got to talk to and sort of go on this adventure with. When we were in Asheville.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. We um, we quoted him pretty extensively in our uh, once-in-a-lifetime meal episode. And the entire journey that we went on with Alan was so delightful that we, we really wanted to share it with y'all. And, and especially if you guys are interested in foraging and in weird types of mushrooms, then, as I said, an absolute font of information about these, these sorts of things. So, um, so we, yeah, wanted to let, let you listen to it.
1: He is a leading authority in the field, as he says.
0: He says he really knows how to pick them.
1: <laughs> he has a Woodsy Allen nature. It's <laughs> the fun and fun guy, and he's the Champignon, which is a French mushroom pun. Anyway, these
0: are all from his website. Yeah, um, but but yeah, so he runs a, a food foraging tours out in North Carolina. Um, we were really glad that we got to talk to him, and uh, we hope that you will be glad to listen. Hello. Hello.
4: Who's
0: who? Hey, I'm Lauren. Hello, Lauren. I'm yeah. Good to
7: meet you. You too.
0: I'm Annie. Annie.
7: Mm-hmm. Dylan. Dylan, yeah. Welcome. Yeah.
0: Thanks for meeting us, Lauren. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Our Lyft driver was slightly concerned, but we told her that everything was going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I hope
4: so. <laughs> <laughs>
7: yeah. Um... Well, I was out preparing oh, our cool. location, which is uh, two or three minutes into the woods. All
0: right.
7: Yeah. Let's let's go on in.
0: Yeah.
7: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And maybe you could tell me a little bit about what you want to do.
0: Oh, uh, I mean, you know, um, we, so so we're uh, we're we're out here in Asheville um, to get uh, material for for a bunch of different episodes about. Um, we're not sure yet. You know, we're kind of figuring that out as we talk to people about just you know how the how the food scene here works and what makes Astro Asheville and uh, why it's cool and why it's not cool and you know. Uh,
7: uh. Hold on, can you mm-hmm. look around? Uh-huh. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> now watch. Hold on. Also, yeah. watch where you step. There's a lot of poison ivy here. Oh.
1: Unfortunately. <laughs> yes. Yeah, good to know. Yeah, thank you. Good to know.
0: Yeah, just trying to get the flavor of the city. And so yeah. uh, we were really excited to come talk to you. We keep uh, uh, hearing your name come up in conversation. And uh, just don't how much. You
4: know
7: what with all the, how, the how, cursing
0: how is
4: about. How <laughs>
0: you works.
4: Yeah. 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 And
7: how, how you work. Um we're passing like 30 edible plants but I figure you want to do the mushrooms first and maybe on the way back we could do plants. Sure, Absolutely. Yeah. How how long do you have with me? Um More, until like 2:10 2, to 2, fifteen. which is what an hour yeah. and a ha- and a quarter maybe? Yes. Yeah. Oh.
0: 1 1:20 right now.
7: Okay. Well, in that case I actually prepare got prepared this time. I brought I rummaged to my car for my somewhat of a costume change if you want to hear my mushroom rap song. <laughs> yes? Yes. And then there's, I mean, to me, mostly there's kind of like spiritual dimensions of this or philosophy of foraging. And I don't know, like, in the context or the co- time constraints, if you would venture into that much at all, you know? So. Uh, no, I
0: mean, it, it's whatever. The things that make you passionate about it are the interesting parts of the story, yeah, so. Right, that's what I like
7: to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um,
0: no, like, like, like we said, we don't even know what we're doing these episodes on yet. You know, we're <laughs> we're, we're here to here to figure that out from you.
7: All right, you're getting better. <laughs> I, I don't know how, this was already happened, but I was making sure you didn't clobber that. Oh. But that's, that's mushroom number one. Oh. I nice. didn't put that there. I
0: almost believe you. What uh what is this guy? Um, oh, he's a fun guy. Oh, I didn't yeah. even mean to. It starts already. <laughs>
7: well, I'm glad you got that one covered. <laughs> <laughs> um and the thing is that um there, I I brought a, f- a handful of mushrooms and I found a handful and you know, we have I mean, maybe an hour and 10 is is, is long enough, but um there's uh there's a lot of detail in explaining it, you know, about each mushroom, but, um, so we, we could... The short answer is that that's the dyer's polypore. It's somewhat edible, which means some people get a stomach ache. but it's, it's good, it's to die for, because you use it, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh!
7: <laughs> well, this is not going to be a tough crowd.
0: No, no, no. We, we love a pun. We do.
7: Yeah. Mm-hmm. We so. Love laughing. That's the that's the short answer on that. That will get the size of a dinner plate or uh-huh. several. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just a baby right now. And it, you know, again, it's a surprise to me and nice that no one stepped on it yet. Um, so we can come back to that, you know, and I could kind of do that. I guess you're, you're taping anyway. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is this all audio?
2: Mm-hmm. Yes.
7: Oh, wow. No wonder there isn't any camera, okay. <laughs> 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 How funny. Um, all right, well, um, yeah, then, then, um, you know, I, I could go ahead and tell you that they, one of the interesting things about this mushroom is that um, I was invited to Winston-Salem some years ago for uh, commemoration of the anniversary of a mycologist whose name was Schwinnitz, and this is Phaeolus uh, Schwinnitzii, and I means named after this guy Schwinnitz, and I happened, right, not only that, but I happen to have a bunch of that stuff dried in the garage for somebody who would want to die with it. And this was not just his birthday. This was uh, Old Salem, which is a, uh, I believe, Moravian living history village type place where like, everyone is acting and dressing like they were 200 years ago when this guy lived. And one of the things they were doing already that day was natural dying. So I said, look, I had this mushroom named after the guy, why don't you use it? So they ended up making that part of the day. And it was a whole separate thing from my routine. But um, that was a nice uh, nice coincidence. And if you if you want, you bend over and touch this, you just get a sense. Look at, look at how fragile and fresh this is, that the okay. slightest touch is going to leave a fingerprint. Oh, wow. You oh. see?
0: Yeah, yeah.
7: Very delicate, very spongy. And this, this was kicked the leaf kicked over. Now it's sticking to the leaves. But but the underside doesn't look all that different from the top. And if you put a magnifying glass on it, you'd see pinholes. Oh, wow. Because this is what's called a polypore. It just means a lot of pores. And out of, the spores come out of the pores. Mm-hmm. I, I know that could be a pun, but I'll, I'll get around to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you can feel that. So even even though that's could be edible and I have eaten it, it does taste like eating a sponge. Uh-huh.
2: I yeah.
0: see.
7: Right.
0: Yeah, it's oh it's very um moist. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it feels like um it feels like a mushroom that you've already like rinsed and uh-huh. probably rinsed a little bit too well and is sort of stuck in your colander.
7: Yeah well mushrooms are in general ninety percent water. So you may not notice it. I mean I, I will show you other mushrooms that seem drier and actually are holding more water than this. This is holding a lot of air because it's it's porous and um, it's just not dense, but how, uh, yeah.
0: how does it uh, how, how does it grow
7: right um I mean, the thing to understand with with spores in mind is that you're looking at the fruiting body here. This is just the tip of the iceberg, right and Maybe you know this stuff. But, oh,
0: I, yeah, 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 but I would love to hear it from you. Yeah. I, I, I researched it for Good. like 10 hours one time. Oh, uh, nice. you've, you've got a little bit more experience than that. <laughs> <laughs> um,
7: no, but that's, um, it's great because a lot of people, when I pick a mushroom, I once brought in a mushroom much like this that um, I'll show you in a minute. And uh, I, I used to sell wild mushrooms and I brought it into a restaurant. And when I walked in, a woman came up to me and she said, "What a beautiful mushroom you have! And now you've picked it, and it's dead, and it'll never grow back because you killed it." Wow.
0: No, yeah, that's not how that this works. Is... That's also impassioned. Yeah.
7: <laughs> so this is a, v- a vegetarian restaurant, and the, this sort of kind of explains it. She was rather misinformed, as is a lot of uh, a lot of that diet, and. Um, <laughs> This is, it is true. Mushrooms are more like animals than plants because, as you can see, they're not green. They don't make chlorophyll. And this one is growing out of this log, so it's eating, basically, recycling, you know, these dead roots. And some are parasitic and um, some are symbiotic with trees, or a combination. But the fact is, if I were to cut this off, the mushroom would grow back. In fact, the reason we're here is that a mushroom has grown, grown back I believe it's three years later from the same exact tree and my friend who might show up in a few minutes uh walks this almost every day and he told me it was here and as soon as he said it was on you know this end of the park I, I had a feeling it was on the same tree so you could grow mushrooms in a log right and just pick them on they keep growing back because the fungus is in the, the what's called the substrate you know in the in the log it could be the ground um and it's sustainable for that reason, and that's why it's legal to pick mushrooms even in a national park like the Smokies nearby. And they put limits on that; it's like a pound per person. But um,
0: oh wow, a pound of mushrooms is nothing to sneeze at, though. You know, that's
7: for for one person, yeah. But yeah. you'll f- often find more than that, and it's hard to resist. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so. That's, yeah, that's the implications of understanding that is that it's, it's okay to pick mushrooms. I tell people foraging doesn't hurt the woods. Not foraging is what hurts the woods. Yeah. So what, what that woman is eating and buying in the store is far more damaging than had she gone out or everyone go out and forage instead of buying what's made by agriculture. Do you know why? Please You're all nodding. Us. You can guess.
0: Well, uh, you know, this is growing from the resources that are freely available to it. You're not adding any, <clears throat> pardon me, um, you're not adding any, uh, you're not using a drain on the electrical system, on the water system. You're just letting it do.
7: Yeah, that's, um, that's part of it, but it's worse than that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the agriculture means to grow in a field. That's what agra means. Uh, if this was, judging from the age of the trees, uh, you know, clear-cut, maybe uh, 80, 100 years ago, tops. Pretty much ev- 99% or more of the, this area was also anything that's forested. And that was done for agriculture. And uh, so that's the single most damaging thing humans uh, do, is try to grow food. Yeah. So you're, you're right, but it was actually far worse. And uh Irrigation actually creates deserts, so people don't realize this is very relatively sustainable. Um, yeah, all right, well that's that's one of the one of the four myths of foraging, we'll see if, if you guess the rest, oh. I'll, I'll address those. <laughs> <rather> than... <laughs> um, do you want to walk a little more? Sure, yeah. Okay, yeah. you first, I want you to keep your eyes open.
0: Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh. oh wow they're beautiful
7: yeah so this is the one i was just talking about and um i uh i i I was surprised at how much there are because right he said um said there were eight and i know that each one of these can get uh as big as that and in fact, I have a photo of what this looked like. He sent me uh, maybe a day or two ago. Uh-huh. And then today, if you um, if you want to see... So here's today, right? In fact, one hour ago. And I told him I, I was on my way. You see the tree? So, okay, and that would have been... I don't know, it's yesterday or the day before. So... Oh, wow. Yeah, can you see? Holy heck. yeah. So in a matter of a few days, that's what. Why we say things are mushrooming. You know? Oh, hey, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: I'd never thought about that before. That's great. Yeah. <laughs>
7: um, so when you, if we came back in a few days, that one would be, you know, m- won't get quite that size, but maybe in between these two. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: What kind of what kind of dude is this?
7: I'll tell you as soon as you step out of the poison ivy. Thank <laughs> okay. you things that you learn with habits. So recognizing this, for example, Uh you just asked me what it is, right? I got a call um, a few days ago, and I may have the photo in my phone of someone else who said, I've got a bunch of hen of the woods. Would you like to buy it? And um, and I said, I I knew enough to tell him, well, send me a photo. Uh, uh Because hen of the woods is very you know desirable and here's the photos um you tell me is this hand of the woods what we're looking at well let me i have to back up i mean is it does this look the same as that or different It's more oh. like the question
0: it looks enough like it to me that i can't tell just from a, a glance
7: yeah that's that is a good <laughs> answer that's exactly the right answer. you don't know and it, This guy obviously picked them, hoping to make a bunch of money, and he was wrong. This is the same as this, which is not Hen of the Woods. Now, what this this shows us here, maybe vaguely, I'm going to show you another picture that someone sent me yesterday of the same thing. And you'll see why it has the name um, that it does. So, this is the same thing. What is different about that?
0: The, the, the color is a little different. Right,
7: guess what this... Well, guess what this mushroom is called when it turns from that to that. This is what it does. What would you call it? I don't know. Black
0: and roasted?
7: It's the black staining polypore.
0: Black sta- Black staining?
7: Yeah. We'll see. Is
0: it another <laughs> mushroom to die for?
7: Um, it might be. <laughs> it, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> I, um... I, not that I know of, okay. um, but you would think maybe with the blood turning black, it might be yeah now this no one's touched this, no one's damaged it, it's so fresh and new it's not turning black, but even just a heavy rain oh really, Well, might soon do that Wow, um, huh. the other neat thing about this is we've caught this so early that it may actually still be tender enough to be edible. Oh wow, the reason this guy won't make any money with these old ones is that they it turns tough as like leather and really fibrous and in fact what I want to do is give you a sample so I'd like to pull off the bottom of here Um, gosh and it may be even too fresh to get a sense but yeah so here's a piece for you and then try to try to tear this apart lengthwise after you check it out Right, and then yeah. shred it, and you see that what is going to become like, like rope. Huh. I didn't say it was safe to taste. I thought you knew it. <laughs> I mean, right I'm, you. I'm, you never watch the Princess Bride where they both drink the deadly.
0: Yeah. Is it, is it safe to taste?
7: Um, yeah, but taste doesn't mean swallow, so it's good. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's an
1: element of danger.
7: <laughs> Every mushroom is edible once. hmm
1: <laughs> That's true.
0: It, it smells almost exactly like a, like a, like standard, like, like white button
7: You mushroom. need an audio man with no sense of humor because he's laughing in, in <laughs> the, into the mic.
0: Okay. It's a directional so- mic, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs>
7: did you ask me something? I forgot.
0: Oh, um, uh, no, not really. I I was, I was just saying that, yeah, that it smells almost exactly like a, like a, like a white button mushroom. Mm -hmm. Um, but, oh, but yeah, it's, it's very, it's, it's pulling like
7: string cheese. Yeah. And, um, how's the flavor? It kind of reminds me of chicken. (laughs) Everything Tastes, tastes like chicken. Tastes like chicken, smells like a mushroom. My favorite two descriptions. <laughs> <laughs> we're excellent at this. <laughs> you know, it's a question of uh, familiarity, and that's one of the things. If if I was guiding or teaching a tour, which I'll be doing at four, uh-huh. if you came on it, I this we're sort of jumping into sideways, and like I don't have like my outline. One of the things I always make a point of covering sooner or later is that the secret to this is just practice. So. You know the guy that called me and they did the right thing like you you have to do you need two things like practice and guidance until you have enough practice to recognize things on your own
4: yeah
7: yeah and th- so this is not really dangerous any more than like you drove here right and you learn that through guidance and practice that's all i mean um you you recognize vegetables in the store because you grew up with them these this is if these were sold in stores you would know them right just like cauliflower Mm -hmm. you get right does that make sense yeah Um, so it's safe to touch any mushroom and smell any mushroom and even to uh, to taste it if you spit it out even a deadly mushroom it's not something I recommend right sure Um, but uh, I just want to sort of address the first myth what is the first myth of foraging I
0: oh is this a quiz now heck yes
7: <laughs> right so it's we would have gone extinct if this was so dangerous like toddlers what do they do when they walk around like everything, everything goes in their mouth okay like the world is not so dangerous of places we grow up to believe um yeah
0: is I, I feel like we asked that question about about once an episode like who was the first person who decided to try to eat this thing like how hungry yeah. did they have to be
7: yeah I'm glad you asked that um, that's a question I, I often h- wish people ask I don't know if it's the same question but tell me if it's not but I think people will want to know how did we first figure out what's edible and what isn't yeah and um I got in trouble for my answer once because someone mi- misheard me and um so I got a bad review <laughs> um, uh. <laughs> on, and it's still up on there like on TripAdvisor, It's like my worst review. it was, a, it was like the last straw on a number of things that oh. it was a perfect storm that day uh-huh. and um what what is the answer you th- you, uh, you think
0: oh um, uh, to, to to the question of, of how like like who did something first?
7: How did we first figure out what was edible? Oh and what was poisonous
0: um, We ate it <laughs>
7: <Yeah>. <laughs> you, trial and error uh-huh. right right well, we assume that and but if you go to the places where they discovered these things and so for example, if you're a pharmaceutical company and you want to patent a medicine, where do you go to find a new medicine? right Not here um, though because well, here sure, sure. everythings here everything's already been discovered discovered. But where, where can you go where no one has, like, discovered a plant in the sense of describing it scientifically and registering it?
0: Oh, uh, rainforests. Yeah,
7: so you go down to the Amazon. And you don't just, like, start looking, because this is why you all called me. So you find, <laughs> you get guidance. They know that. Um, they go to a tribe, okay, and they talk to the medicine man It's called the shaman that down there. Now, and the shaman tells them things... There are millions of plants out there. He tells them, "Well, you have to combine this one with this one and prepare it this way." It's not even knowing the right plant.
4: Mm-hmm.
7: Like ayahuasca, you may have heard of. It's very famous. It's not one plant. You have to combine at least two plants, or it doesn't work. Oh wow! So they had to. Someone had to figure out to put. Figure out. Oh, this plant, but only when you put it with this plant. Yeah. So it's, you know, you got to wonder. It's it's crazy. There's things that are deadly, and they eat them because they know how to prepare them. And you think, well, they figured that out somebody died, like eventually. It's not what they tell you. If you ask them, what do you think they tell you?
0: I mean, <clears throat> most things aren't, aren't deadly poisonous in general. I, it'll make you real sick. It might make you wish that you were dead for a hot minute, but, uh, but I mean, also we've been around for, you know, we've been doing this for 10,000 years or so. So we've had a minute to, <laughs> to what? but to figure it out, to, to do that trial and error, to, you know, have a real bad bout of diarrhea and be like, hey guys, don't eat that one.
7: Okay, that's the same answer, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's the same answer, it's trial and error. Uh-huh. They say no, they don't, they Did not do trial and error. No? To them, the answer, to them, that is the dumb, a- that is like the oh. dumb way to do things. <laughs> Isn't it, it's the dangerous way to do things. Uh-huh. I've had people say, well, you feed it to your dog, you feed it to like your, your neighbor or your wife, like it's a joke. <laughs> And that's trial and error also. And we still do experimentation. It's called the empirical method, uh-huh. right? Evidence-based science. And we think that's the best thing in the world. It's actually the most ignorant thing in the world. We are the most backward culture among all of them. And when I tell you why, you either will think I'm crazy, like the lady did. Or you might... You're going to forget it tomorrow because it's too weird. Or... Um, you might think it's a sign that three birds just flew right over us in succession. Um, I'm sure that the shaman would say so. But what does the shaman say? Like, if you don't know enough about something, what, how do you find out more? What do you usually do to learn more about something?
0: Oh, I Google it.
7: <laughs> exactly. So, 200 years ago, what, did you, what would you do? Uh,
0: ask, ask someone uh, older and wiser.
7: How about 50 years ago? library. Yeah, so you look it up in the library, and now you look it up on the internet, but before that you had to ask somebody. So nowadays in school, we don't get trained to ask people, we get trained to look things up. And if you ask someone, let's say you're taking a test and you ask someone next to you, what's that called? (laughs) So the smart thing to do (laughs) is to cheat. Okay, remember guidance and Uh practice. A field guide, we now think a field guide is a book. It's a it's a guide in the field. It's a person with two legs. So the only good field guide is one with two legs. You learn a lot if you, you just have to be aware and pay attention. And, and a lot of times, talking to people reveals a lot too. And um, one of the answers you often hear people say with trial uh, after trial and error is, you watch animals and what they eat, uh-huh. because a dog, you offer them something, they'll smell it, and they have some kind of like instinctual computer like right back there, and that that is a approaching the right answer but it's not true because a lot of animals can eat things that are deadly to humans sure um and um and they can't eat things that we can eat because we prepare them correctly um so that's not the, quite the answer but it is more in the it, it have to do with observation so uh, the other answer is well you just learned that the shaman learned it from from his parents uh-huh. and and back and backwards what's the problem with that answer
0: Somebody had to have been. Yeah,
7: it's an infinite regression. Uh-huh. Do you need a prime, a prime mover, I think it's called, like a first <laughs> cause? And um, who was the first person? You're back to the same question. So the, um, if you don't know something about me, where's the best place to find out more?
0: You, hypothetically. All
7: right. And if you don't know something about this plant, where's the, where's the best place to find out? Who knows the most about this plant?
0: The plant? yes so so the plant doesn't talk okay or I mean I haven't witnessed it talk personally uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not gonna say for sure either way um, so you compare it to other plants that you've seen
7: all right well you know that's uh, that that would be what I, I would maybe call like a rational approach or, or a cognitive. <laughs> again, that's that's a uh-huh. scientific approach. Uh-huh. You're using an existing body of knowledge, uh-huh. uh, so it's not. You you were onto something there.
0: You're, but you're you're still not. Uh, yeah, by by doing that, you're still not actually paying attention to the plant itself.
7: Right. You're not getting your answer from the source. So, this is what they tell you. Like they. Uh, They kind of, I don't know if they put you through what I did, but, but to them, there's nothing unusual about the fact that they tell you that either they talk to the plant or they talk to the spirit of a plant or a spirit animal that told them, or they they have a dream and it comes to them or their God tells them. All these things are coming from someone else and is not human. And... So you can write me a bad review, having heard all of that. <laughs> but because what she misheard is that I'm not saying that that's the truth. I'm telling you that it's the truth that anywhere you go in the world, and you talk to indigenous people over and over again. That's one of those answers is what they tell you. Huh. None of them say, oh, we learned that through trial and error. To them, that that's like ridiculous. It would be like me trial and error trying to figure out like your name instead of like asking you. I'm <laughs> gonna like guess uh-huh. or talk to anyone else. <laughs> yeah. So this is what I mean when I say like we're we're like clueless. I mean there are many scientists. There's books written about how many discoveries come through intuition. You heard about these things? Sure,
0: sure.
7: I mean, everyone from um, I think Einstein's on that list. Uh, I mean there there's more stories like the inventor of the sewing machine had this really cool dream. Really. I okay. couldn't great. figure out because when you sew with a needle, you have the hole here, and you push it through, and it doesn't work with a machine. And I, I'm not sure I understand it or have the time to really explain it. It just wouldn't work. And this was, I think, Singer, or maybe he's the guy who popularized. But the guy eventually figured out how to do it. He had a dream that he was captured by a, a cannibalistic tribe, and there he was being cooked in a pot, and they all started shaking their spears, and he looked up, and the spear had a hole at the tip not at the base he woke up from the dream and he realized oh I'm gonna put the hole at the tip instead of on this end and then he invented the sewing machine yeah I think the periodic table also came in a dream and um, George Washington Carver heard of him Mm -hmm. a lot of inventions besides peanut butter they asked him how you know what he said I talk I love the plants and I talk to them and they tell me things so he said, The guy who developed the spineless cactus. You know how he did that? Luther Burbank. So probably the most famous plant breeder. Known. He talked to the plant. He said, like... It kind of it chokes me up just to say it. He told the plant, like, it's, Oh, you're safe. I'm going to take care of you. You don't have to You don't have to protect yourself anymore. Next, the shoot came out. It had no spines. I think it's in The Secret Life of Plants. A whole book full of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... We we think we like to think we're smart, we're, we're one of the most ignorant cultures there ever was.
0: We were we were talking on the in the car on the way up um, about yeah all, all the research that's been done into how much uh, how much you can affect a plant's growth by yeah. by your temperament towards it.
7: Yeah, they just I just read um, it was out. I don't know. I think it's a new article. I did a New York Times piece for the science column with the woman who. Later wrote a piece on how the same um, said not said it is, but um, the one that puts you to sleep, uh, anesthesia. Oh, uh huh. You could it's a ga- in a gas form. I forget which, but you put a plant under the same gas. The plant, you know, plants are normally moving. Picture like a vine. There's sure. always a, the vine stops moving.
4: Huh.
7: And then you take it off. You just dissipate the gas. And the, the the plant starts moving again. Yeah. So that the notion is that the consciousness that we have could be the same in some ways as the plant. And it's not that they don't talk. In, in Alice in Wonderland, the sequel, and look through the looking glass, uh-huh. she's lost and she's going through the garden. And she's, she's alone. She says, oh, flowers, how I wish you could talk. And what happens? We can talk. Yeah,
0: We're gonna sass you real hard.
7: Yeah, exactly, They do. And then we could talk just about like you and, and a great deal louder. <laughs> and then she goes, D- can all the plants talk? And, um, and the rose said, yes, we can, but we, it's not polite to speak until spoken to. And we really w- were waiting to, to hear, you know, for when you would say something to us. Wow. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, all right, now that you've thoroughly Probably trashed my credibility. <laughs> not at all. Oh, okay. Um, then, black staining polypore. Okay. Uh, inedible, that's what it's called because it's too tough. You see the color it's already turning? Yeah. Wow, from know. our fidgeting? Yeah. So by the time you get home tonight or go to sleep, if you are sleeping on this trip... <laughs> the, well, not Annie. <laughs> this will be like black. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, you know, these tips, I mean, they're tender enough to eat. You won't you don't get the shreddiness. So you could trim off the tip because it's the growing edge, right? So it's the, it's the young, tender part of something. And, I, you know, we have four restaurants that you could take some of this and anything else I show you today, too, tonight, and they would prepare it for you for dinner for free. Not just you because you're doing this, but any tour that we do, that's part of the tour. We send people away with stuff. They've made a reservation. They drop it off, and that night they come in, they get a free appetizer made out of whatever we've had. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a standard part of the tour. All right, keep your eyes open. <laughs> 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 uh, you know, and you, did you tell me like, oh yeah, you could stay careful there, uh, where you step. There's more mushrooms there. Oh. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, well, we don't really have to stage stuff like in with audio right because oh, no, no. Yeah.
0: that's it's yeah I mean if you if you wanted to you could we would be real impressed
7: um yeah, yeah well I, I did at when you when you arrived I was staging stuff so I'll okay. pretend I won't tell you and we'll we'll capture your, your true <laughs> surprise um but um, I sent you a photo of this yes and um, I'm I'm greatly relieved that we're not on video because the most beautiful one. One of my guides came yesterday when I wasn't home and he took the really gorgeous oh. one. <laughs> it, it was exactly like this, except it was perfectly round like one of those. Oh, wow. Now this, as you can see, came off, don't oh know, it's more obvious on this one. Oh, see? Wow. So this is growing on wood. Uh-huh. And in fact, that one, it, it, it's obvious on some of them, but it's on wood. That will Those ones on the ground, they're on a root. So, actually, this has what, for some people, I, I've had people pick something that's poisonous and think it's this because it's orange. Wow. Now, both of them will only grow on wood. And the, the other one that's poisonous, you, you often don't see the wood because it's underground. But either way, it wouldn't distinguish them, okay? Um, the other thing is called jack-o'-lanterns and actually when the New York Times came down, that's what they wanted to see. They wanted to see the poisonous one. Uh-huh. Can you guess why it's called jack-o'-lanterns? It's orange. Right, but if it's just orange, you could just call it a pumpkin.
0: Uh, it's got faces carved and you put candles inside.
7: And, and why do you do that?
0: Uh, wh- uh,
7: um, what, does the, what does the candle do?
0: It makes it glow. All right.
7: This mushroom does not need a candle.
0: Bioluminescent? Yeah. Ah, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the article is
7: on bioluminescent mushrooms. I was yeah.
0: not expecting that. That's amazing. And I usually,
7: I get the, my punchline. I usually, have a photo on me, and I whipped it up. But we, we can, we um, could look that up. And um, now, people will eat that one by accident, oh. and it glows green. Oh, wow. you know, only, not in the top, but the, in the gills. Uh-huh. You know how mushrooms have gills. So it's green in the gills, and it will make you green in Aww. the gills, <laughs> um, and it won't kill you, it will only make you wish you were dead.
1: Uh, mm-hmm.
7: Now I guess the point of all that is, um, I picked these so if it wasn't, if I trim them you may not know if they were on wood or not, but a lot of the point or importance of identifying things has to do with seeing them in context. What do they grow on? What habitat are they in? Like was this a field? Some of these things will only be with trees because they're they're symbiotic, they're mycorrhizals is the term. So um I was gonna plant these, you know, to look like they were on a log, mm-hmm. which would be more realistic, you know? Um Been on a basket. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um you have any questions about Chicken of the Woods? That's what this is, did I tell you? This no. is called Chicken of <laughs> the Woods. There yeah. uh, Here, the you go. Here, experience. Ooh, and you get one too.
0: Sure. Oh, wow, it's heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Which is silliest thing I'll say all day, fingers crossed.
7: But no, it's not because I am always surprised when I pick these things up, how heavy they are, honestly. I mean, I've gotten used to it, but you don't realize it till you, till you pick it up.
0: I mean, this is like this is like a good three pounds worth of mushrooms and I, I suppose I'm just used to mushrooms being so light and airy and like the yeah. first one.
6: Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah.
7: So is... that's is fifty dollars right there. Three pounds. Yeah. And and the and the mushroom was ten or fifteen times this big.
4: Oh
0: heck. Wow.
7: You're holding like a fraction of what I have back at home. And I left a bunch. Oh wow. Yeah.
0: Um, you said that they're um they're symbiotic, uh yeah,
7: Th- These in particular are not considered symbiotic. In fact, they, they're potentially, I wouldn't call them parasitic, but what they do is they eat the, the they will hollow a tree out without killing it. The, de- the inside of a tree is dead, right? It's only alive on the outside, but the, it's, it will lose its internal stability. And I've had a, uh, I just, I, I would eat up your time with all the stories I have, but the short version... It's too bad because the long version is really good. But I'll give you the punchline and we'll see later if you have time. But I left, remember I told you I left some. I left it to grow. When I found a huge one in front of a guy's house, I left some to grow. When I came back, the tree had fallen and crushed the guy's house. There's photos on my website.
4: Oh, yeah. wow.
7: It almost killed him. He he woke up at four in the morning. A branch this thick had lay, came through the, the roof and and hit the ground, um, like, a few feet from his bed. In the middle So this can do that. This is mushrooms are you know, recycle. This is nature's recycling system. So it, it can dissolve wood. It can eat um, plastic mushrooms. You know, you know, if you read that stuff. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, there's a kit you can buy. You feed your mushroom, your recyclables, and you can eat the mushroom. Oh. It eat the plastic. And break it down so well that the uh, hydrocarbons are, um, are gone. Now I still wouldn't eat the plastic I and mean, who knows what. It doesn't break down, it's in trace amounts. Sure. Heavy metals don't get broken down but they do get concentrated by mushrooms. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so that's called bioremediation or micro-remediation. Yeah. Um, and it tastes like chicken, <laughs> which you'll find out if you, you, know, you wanna take some to a restaurant or home and, you know, cook it up. Yeah,
0: I think, I think we had some. We were at rhubarb last night, Yeah. and, uh, and yeah, there was a cassoulet that was on the menu with yeah. some hen of the woods Yeah,
7: probably a friend of mine that moved here, because I told him he's a mushroom hunter, and I, I, I told him there were, this is good mushrooming here, and he sells to rhubarb.
0: <laughs>
7: I think at least 20 pounds a week okay. is, is the minimum they would take from him. Um,
0: this one
7: smells like chocolate to me. Yeah, interesting. Let me, let me see what you think. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. It yeah, might
0: be, it might be the wood that I'm getting. I'm not sure.
7: No, no, I, I I think this. Now, this one's not as old. It may not. That, the drier it smells, the the drier it is, the more it smells. Now, when it, you often find it too dry, and you have like 50 pounds, uh-huh. at that point you can de- you can powder it and use it as flour, like cooking for baking. Oh wow! Yeah.
0: What kind of, uh, I mean, does it have a similar texture to... Um,
7: yeah, it's powders. And, and uh, you know, I don't know that I'd use it straight. It certainly doesn't have the gluten for the loft and the elasticity, but I've had, like, pancakes cut 50-50 with it. Um, ooh. Does, uh, it,
0: does it still have that kind of uh, savory... No, uh, I, I I think
7: it, it's not that savory at that point where you know, you'd be like, ooh, like, I don't want this in a sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's surprising that way. Um, So uh, one of my top 10 mushrooms, because when I used to sell, Uh which I did for the first 10 or 15 years, uh, out of the hundreds of pounds I picked every year, this was one of the 10 varieties that comprised 90% of that. So not only is this prized, but it is one of the most common things. Wow. Yeah, not only large, but frequent. Um, So it's a good one to get to know for that reason, if you want to learn what to eat. And um, familiarity, you know, happens from seeing things over and over. And it's, of course, easier to get to know the most common things. It's also more rewarding quantitatively, yeah. Um, The reason I said familiarity is that I tell people you move to a city or if you're leaving the one you live in now, like you don't have to know everyone in it. But if you have a handful of friends, it's far more valuable than a bunch of names. And so these would be the ones you'd probably want to befriend you know, mm-hmm. and get familiar with, yeah. Um, yeah, we wouldn't even have to walk to like, but let's, let's just take an artificial like, tour this way, keep your eyes open. See? Oh. Now, I wasn't told about these and see how they're, they're to be near that. Huh. Now I walked all the way here and, all, and didn't see mushrooms. So, like, why are why are there three different kinds of mushrooms here and not the same route you took with me yeah. since the car? Why?
0: I mean, I feel like we've been seeing fallen bits of wood everywhere. Mm-hmm. I have no
7: idea. How do we find out? Talk to the mushrooms. That's right. <laughs> Good. Um, I, no, I didn't have that in mind. Um, It wouldn't come out on the audio, and um, my answer is I don't know either because I've never had to think hard enough to find mushrooms. (laughs) They're like, yeah, they're just too easy to find. And um, I suspect there's either more moisture here, often because it's, say, north-facing, but we're so flat that that's not going on here. North is less sunny, so it doesn't dry out as much. Um, Actually, interestingly, this is a little bit of a clearing right? That's sort of been cleared. So mushrooms could actually use sun because the trees that they're in partnership with need the sun and the reason mushrooms fruit in the fall mostly is because that's when the trees are doing what?
0: Kind of bunkering down for the winter.
7: Right. So all the sugars are being sent down and 20 to 80 percent of those sugars go into what's called the mycelial network Mm -hmm. which not only allows the mushrooms to sprout but it can go to other trees even of other species so everything's everything's sharing here and this so i'm saying these could be here these mushrooms are symbiotic all of these we're looking at two kinds here um that could be a third uh are symbiotic so unlike the the last three that we've seen these is a whole new class that's why you see them on the ground Yeah. because they're 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 not just eating out of roots; they're attached to them in that give-and-take relationship with living trees. Yeah. How um,
0: what do they? How do they give back to the to the trees?
7: Right, right. What do you think they give?
0: Uh, they make nutrients more
7: bioavailable. That's good. That's one, yeah. And what's one main thing that plants need, along with sun?
0: Oh, there you go. uh, Moisture. Yeah, that's.
7: Number one thing that mushrooms are far better at absorbing, because mycelium are they're the seventh thickness of a human hair. So the picture this, my hand is like roots, and if, if I took your hair and I put all of it coming out of each one of these, and each of those hairs is like as this like capillary action of like all absorbing water, it was like an, a million times more efficient. So ninety percent of plant life is partnered with fungi and wouldn't survive without it. And it's primarily because of the mo- moisture capability. In fact, it's some scientists would say that life on land wouldn't be possible without that network, and that it's what made it possible. Um, so yeah, mainly water and and also some of the some of the nutrients. Yeah.
0: Do um, can that actually make it? more difficult to try to practice agriculture where you're, you know, trying to have like a blank slate or a clean, uh, and like, like, like sterile environment. So, so are, are we actually working against ourselves? Yes.
7: Yeah. Agriculture by my definition is, is working against nature. It's about sterilizing, right? It's about, it's about believing, you know, what is good and that everything else, you know, has to be pushed out of the way to make room for it. And then we plant what we are used to. And so Europeans came, and we still today eat plants from Europe that aren't, not native, but naturalized here. Because there are a lot of things naturalized here that came over with Europe, and they, they thrive here. But the reason we have to fertilize our plants and weed them is because they don't thrive without our help. So we should be eating what grows without our help. And that I don't call agriculture, I call that permaculture. So there are people selling mycelium that you actually add to your garden and, they, and the plants do amazingly much better. Oh, wow. Yeah. To restore that natural community and network of sharing that is what rich soil is made from. And when we tear it up, not just pull everything out, but till it. You destroy that. So a lot of organic gardening and what's called uh, regenerative agriculture is no-till. It, it's really analogous to, to like not taking antibiotics in your body, right? You wipe out everything. Good, bad, everything. Um, it's the same principle.
1: We have more in this, our interview with Alan. But first, we're going to stop for a quick break for a word from our sponsor.
6: Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me,
5: Michael Rappaport on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
8: Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor.
1: Now, back into the past, in time, in the woods with Alan.
0: I feel like a lot of people are too impatient to ever try to come out and do a thing like this. I mean, you you, you give tours, mm-hmm. uh, and and you've you've certainly been doing it for twenty plus twenty two years. years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I guess how how do you how do you learn how to slow down enough to do this and 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 do the talking
7: and do the listening. Yeah, thank you. And I appreciate this turns out to be more uh, le- slower than I expected. You know, a visual one usually is like kind of superficial and yeah, and it's all chopped up. And um, that's a really good question. And it, I think it sort of comes at the heart of what, because I I was pretty choked up on listening to a, a book on tape called Lost Connections by Johan Hari. He also wrote a previous book on... Um opiate addiction crisis this one is on depression and the epidemic and in both instances what's missing fundamentally is reconnection and that's what we have to slow down to do and you're asking me why you, how do you get people to do it and um you know our business is doing is doing great I mean we've doubled five times in the last like seven years I mean um, but still most people uh, don't go as slowly as we have and I wouldn't have the time to explain everything like this uh, which is why I appreciate this and I think the reason for that is we're in what I would call chronic fight-or-flight hyper vigilance like we gotta beat the clock like we have to check our cell phone I think on average six and a half minutes is like the um, you know American average um, we're always on edge. Like, you know that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah Yeah, but to me the essential thing I tell people even if you Don't leave with anything in your basket or nothing goes in your mouth. You're still fed because I mean studies have shown like cortisol levels are lower after you go out of the woods There's there was a study where a prison had half the inmates facing Nature and half of it facing the courtyard It is in this book and I've read it before it's also in um, uh, Last child in the woods about nature deficit disorder Which is his term that he coined and it turns out. I don't remember the statistics, but I think the inmates were were Astronomically more likely to either have diseases or to act out when they had no Nature connection even just looking out the window, you know and uh, so we're like a plant without roots, you know, and we are literally shriveling because we're not connected. I, I say that you could, I think it, maybe I got it from the book, actually. You know, you can have four walls and a roof over your head and still be homeless. That's why my business is called No Taste Like Home, because that's what it's about. It's not about like getting a bunch of food and turning this into another supermarket, you know, in a shopping spree. I mean, that brings, that draws people, and it's fun, you know? But what that is a taste of is is literally the Garden of Eden that we all lived in. It wasn't a myth, and it isn't a myth. This is it. Like, it exists. Like, I can go out. You could drop me anywhere, you know, in the world, and I would, like, you know, survive. Like, I have hundreds of things I know I can eat for free. I mean... I'm not—I mean, I'm not t- t- touting the Bible, but it's a really familiar um, metaphor. That it's not a metaphor; it literally says what you know. Remember what happened when we get kicked out? What happened? What was the what was the curse? What happens when we get kicked out? What does God tell Adam and Eve? That's
0: a great question. See, we don't.
7: <laughs> okay, so 50 years ago, everyone would know. If I tell you, you'll remember. Yeah. He said, he said, by the sweat of your brow, you will till the soil, you know, until you you go back to dust. Um, Like, literally, you will have to go do agriculture.
0: You'll have to, yeah. You'll have to work. You'll have to. Yeah.
7: Yeah. You can't just eat fruit from the trees and stuff. I saw Simpsons episode in the Garden of Me where like a pig walks up and he lays back and he's like, here you go, like uh, roast ribs. And uh, Homer just like takes the ribs out, of, starts eating them out of the pig. But the fact is like life is only hard for us by choice. We've created scarcity. The world is not as dangerous a place as we think. And that's the second myth is that I'm sorry, the third, is that there's not enough out there for all of us. Oh, we're too too many people and there's not enough nature left. I I used to think that was the only one of the four that might be true. I don't believe that anymore either. Because foraging isn't about like what we're doing today, like going and just like grabbing everything. Do you know what the word foraging means? Like what, what, what is it?
0: Like the etymology? Yes.
7: I do not. If you speak French or if you know the word foray, if you ever studied military, you recognize that word?
0: I'm I'm getting closer.
7: Yeah, a foray is where you you attack say a village or a a sleeping army, you just kind of hit and run. The word means to pillage. So I'm not really teaching foraging. That's the lens that we have that like, okay, you're gonna go in the woods and just take. That's not what hunter-gatherers do. So, hunter-gatherers, which means all of us, I say BC, before Costco. (laughs) 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 Like, we sustainably foraged for, you know, you know, whatever you want to count it, millions or 200,000 years in the case of Homo sapiens. Um, Granted, our our numbers were lower and we did, we did like wipe, as far as we can tell, wipe out a lot of megafauna. So it's not like hunter-gatherers were like perfect, you know. But um but now we systematically are like just completely like r- right, bulldozing everything. Um because we can. And and not just because we can, but because the idea is like we have to grow food. Food doesn't grow itself. I mean foundationally the idea is this is not a friendly place to be. Like we we're not provided for here. We're going to have to take care of ourselves. This isn't Mother Earth or Providence in Christian terms or grace. This is like... a, a harsh, dangerous place.
0: Yeah, all those um, all those fairy tales about, you know, don't step off the path, don't go out into the wild, you'll... yeah.
7: Yeah, Babes in the Woods is an old fairy tale where they, they, they left two kids there and then they starve in the woods. Um, and then Disney made a version where they, they didn't want to show starving children so they run into like this like village of like little elves that like feeds them and it's a happily ever after thing. <laughs> <laughs> <A little different. laughs>
0: I'm sure the moral was still there. <laughs>
7: yeah, in a way it's it's actually more accurate. We consider that a fantasy, right? But I'm telling you that th- this is home and these there may not be elves in pointy hats here but the, there is we a have to
0: bring our own pointy hats we are the elves yeah
7: yeah so uh, that was an immensely long answer I'm sorry
0: <laughs> no 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 that's that's great like i like i said i mean you know i go go on for as long as you want if 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 we need to
7: we can fix it in post by we i mean him
0: <laughs>
7: um i mean how, how does that land for each other like, oh yeah that makes sense or like or no, no, I'm not no, sure. No, no,
0: no, it, it, it does. I mean, it, it's um. You know, I'm, I've never been foraging before. This is a completely new topic and and kind of universe and thought process to me. But um, I feel like as more chefs have gotten interested in local foods, they've been introducing items in their dishes that I never knew were edible before. I feel like about once a month, I see something on a menu that I'm like, "You can eat a spruce tip, huh?" Um, and then I, and then I feel really ignorant and silly and young and uh, out of touch with all, all, all of this. Um, how? Um, you, you said you said that you guys have like, what, like, like, like five times as many people now as you had just a few years ago um why why do you think why do you think that is
7: yeah uh, seven reasons (laughs) okay and um just to back up fill in a little piece and one of the reasons and these are in no particular order but um one of the reasons is that the the food is more ecological which is what i just explained and Part of that realization, as you said, there's interest in local food, and in farm-to-table, and this would now be forage-to-table, you might call it. But that... What a lot of us don't realize is that just because you grow something in a place doesn't make it local. 90% of what we consider local food, I said earlier, like isn't designed to grow here, which is to say it doesn't thrive on its own. So I don't consider that local food. Okay, But if spruce, or take this, this right here is a white pine, Okay, it it thrives here. You could use the, those tips, like the spruce tips, um, similar tart sort of resinous flavor. Um, that's what I would call something local. Okay, and so that's one of the seven reasons: better for the planet. The other one is better for you because. BC, right? We all ate wild food. So the simple answer as to why it's good for you is not like, well, what n- people ask me, what vitamins does this have? What nutritional value does that have? And I tell them, look, on average, wild food is 10 to 50 times more nutritious, and there are figures on that I can refer you to. But it stands to reason that we, if we eat what we ate for hundreds or thousands or millions of years, that's going to be better for us. This is the paleo diet argument, yeah. It's the same reason why you want a low-carb diet. That's that's not really natural. You want grass-fed beef. Uh, we need omega-3s, which we lack because we have a grain-based diet. It's why grain and gluten-free is important. All these things are new. And by new, I mean 10,000 years old. That's, that's like yesterday. We're not designed for that. So better for you, better for the planet. Um, there is what, you know probably these restaurants are catering to, which is what I call a foodie reason. Like, cool, I didn't know spruce tips are edible. I've never had this. This is new, so it's novel, so it's more interesting. I count that as a separate reason. The the food is also, in that category, more flavorful because it's fresher and because it's wild. Not just more nutritious, it has more of what tastes good to us because we instinctively can taste that. And the freshness, too, because a lot of nutrition is lost within hours, certainly within days and, or weeks. Um, so that's all under like of what I call the foodie reason, kind of overlaps with the nutrition reason. And that's three. Uh, Want to guess anymore? <laughs> I remember what I said before like I, you could drop me somewhere and I could survive, right? So, what would you, how would you call that reason? You're distracted by by possible food here.
4: Ah, Sorry,
7: bring the microphone. (laughs) Let's see whether the mushroom says it's edible. It said
0: no, not me. (laughs) Eat more chicken. (laughs) What kind of what kind of mushroom is that?
7: Um, Well, we'll come back to the our topic. Okay.
0: Okay. Sorry.
7: Yeah. Yeah. I am distracted by possible
0: food all the time.
7: Hands on break. This could be uh, Russula emetica. You know what an emetic is? It's something very good to eat if you need to throw up. Oh. Do you want to taste it? Doing all right. (laughs) Yeah. So cherry red on top, white on the bottom. No trace of white, hopefully, on the stem, but I'd maybe see a little bit of pink, Mm -hmm. which means this might not be emetica. And one way to definitively find out is to touch a piece to your tongue and to take it off real fast, and to wait a few seconds. And if your tongue starts to burn, like you put liquid Drano on it, then you have Russula emetica. Ready to try that?
0: I'm still doing just fine.
7: <laughs> you don't like hot sauce?
0: I, I believe you. <laughs>
7: yeah, so my tongue's not burning yet, and I was very careful. So this might not be it. Uh-huh. Needless to say, that one's not edible. But it isn't really toxic either. Even though most people would throw up, it's kind of like giving you know what is it called ghost pepper hot sauce to like 90 percent of people couldn't stand it mm-hmm. but it's not like it's poisonous so this is just highly irritating oh, okay yeah and you can pickle it and you can cook these things like things like it like the one over here there was one here see how it's not cherry red this um this is actually related but not the same one wow well. okay they're probably 10 to 20 red and white mushrooms in this genus i called russula but the name that i usually use is brittle gill and you can see how why that is oh wow yeah that wouldn't happen with one of these so um see it just mushes this is old that's why it's it's beat up all right so so not edible this this might be edible i actually I'm no expert on Russula. Okay. There's only six people, I understand, in the world who are experts on this genus.
0: We'll give you a pass on this one. Okay.
7: <laughs> now, there's people who eat all of them. Maybe they avoid the one cherry red one. In Eastern Europe, they, they, they just eat them all. And they, you know, they like the spiciness. It doesn't irritate them. And here, I, I actually don't serve them. Except for a few that I know, I, I stay away from them. And because we're not used to it. And and it's it's kind of a sense of that that danger thing where, like, you wouldn't put an Aborigine in the wheel of a car who's never driven before and say go. And so where we're not used to eating these, like, we might react to them. And if we try to identify without being used to doing that, we wouldn't do well either. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the same thing with the ghost pepper hot sauce. You know, uh-huh. uh, if you, if you give that to someone who doesn't like spice at all, then they're not going to have a nice day, but you know, yeah. Dylan's going to drink a bottle and not break a sweat.
7: <laughs> well, why don't we get him trying that <laughs> Good question. he <laughs> <laughs> would be coming out on the audio. Exclusive. <laughs>
0: Exclusive.
7: Um, so I still owe you four oh. reasons. Yes. Um, fourth was independence. That's what I call it, right? Self-reliance. So you have preppers. It's like everything's going to fall apart. Mm -hmm. Um, So all of these, as you can see, overlap somewhat. But there are people focused on that reason. And I don't market to that crowd necessarily. Um, Five, it's free. Uh, You save money, right? Mm -hmm. And that's simple. And... um, People appreciate that and that was one of my first reasons before I understood the rest of them uh, six um, it's reconnecting so I talked a bit about that I talked a lot about that So and then and then the seventh which is really a combination of the, of the of the first six is that it's fun you'll ask people like you know why is it fun and a lot of them haven't thought about it but it's usually when you when you if you can get them to think about it, it's one of the first six reasons. Yeah, it, it, it feels empowering, right? You admire somebody on these survival shows, right? You know, and you think, well, what a cool challenge. And part of that is that we—it's—it's—it's it's, it's our nature to be able to do these things, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, why this area? Why here? Yeah,
7: yeah. Um, well, you can—you could forage anywhere, and I didn't choose this area as a forager. I was interested in foraging, but I was not planning to make a career of it. It turns out you're standing in the most biodiverse temperate region in the Western Hemisphere and the second most in the world. So outside of the tropics we have more, like I said, mushroom species there's probably uh, three three or five thousand or something we're the most salamanders of anywhere in the world, including the tropics. Um, the plant diversity and within it of edibles is huge. So for some crazy reason, I ended up in like one of the best places, certainly in the country. Perhaps the best that I could be in to do this. Um, but you don't have to be here because remember, 10 things is enough for 90% of the volume. And a lot of those 10 are all across the United States. Yeah. Including this one which grows in California. This is called the blusher. So all this redness you won't see over here as much on a younger one. These are the same mushroom younger and um, maybe this one that's protected by leaves. It's probably not quite as, quite oh, wow. as beat up. But this started white. And you might not know it's the blusher until you damage it, just like the black one turns black. This turns red. And um, often you will break it open, and there'll be like tunnels where like insects have have there it is have been. You could see them. See the real worms? Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, they're edible.
4: Good. Yeah. Extra protein. Yeah,
7: exactly. (laughs) So this is a tasty mushroom, and it's related to a deadly one. So a lot of people will not eat this group called Amanita. Yes. If you have trouble remembering that name, there was a song in the eighties about it. It goes, because I wouldn't if I were you. I know what she can do. She's deadly mate. Remember her this one? Yes. Oh here she comes. She's a manita. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you could dub in like psh, psh. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And um I'll never forget it. This no. food certainly will I not. will not forget this. <laughs> you yeah, good.
0: I don't think about it every time I hear that song. <laughs> uh,
7: um, that one I made up. Believe it or not. Yeah. All right, so this is going in the basket because we could eat these. And um, out of the basket, oh, although, right. yeah, I told you I would bring you these. Now, remember how those turn red, these turn green. So here's the younger,
4: uh-huh. and
7: this is older. Oh, wow. And I was very careful with them, because anywhere you damage it, it turns green. But what I want to show you, here's my knife, is um, the full experience of this, of this mushroom. So we'll see what this one is like. There it goes. That's what the fresh mushroom looks like. You could see some of that here. And, um, in fact, that that is a... A sort of a juice that will come out and um, try not to cut myself but this one has dried out so I'm not gonna have the easiest time showing you that you can um, you can sort of do like temporary tattoo with it. This one's juicier you probably get a little more out of it and um, if you want I'll, I'll cut into this one sure but um, let's put this one down. What do you want what do you want to make you like tattoos I could see that all right we'll try to match that oh boy wow look at that the older one was juicier is not that odd well we didn't you're off the hook we didn't get, <laughs> we didn't get a tattoo today but wow. um it's uh i had a business card with this on it and with the with that cut and you could see the blue and people swore like i had doctored it up in photoshop because it this one isn't even fresh i've had it for um Two days, I think, uh-huh. sitting f- f- until you showed up. Imagine when it's fresh; yeah. it's in- very intense. Oh, that's wild! It's I think I actually had to tone it down because people thought it mm. was fa- this it's it's fake. This is photoshopped. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah.
7: Um, oh,
0: that's so wild. hmm
7: A lit oh, <laughs> I don't
0: even realize I'm doing it anymore. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yeah.
7: Um, yeah, people say that one all the time. Mm-hmm. Isn't that funny? I mean. <laughs> you think about the way people use wild, like people say wild mushrooms for shiitakes on a menu because people, oh, wild, like, it just has the appeal. It's that freedom, I mean, that is in our bones. I mean, we, we're, we're domesticated, you know, we're, we're caged. Like, we live in a zoo. That's what we live. We live in, in boxes, you know. Um, you do, you, I say it's not just the food that's wild and free when you eat this you know um so uh this i just picked over there it was on my way back i thought let me loop around and um you know i was going to stage these but we won't have to so check those out wow. very very firm yeah. yeah really fresh and solid um the bad news is uh we'll find out but probably very bitter yeah sometimes i'm I'm wrong, because there's, I think, a look-alike that's not bitter. But this won't burn your tongue. Were you willing to taste this one? <laughs>
0: I will. <laughs> Thank you.
7: Mushrooms are made out of chitin, which is what lobster shells are made of. They're all arthropods, exoskeletons. So it's like you're eating the shells from crabs and shrimp when you eat a mushroom raw. It's flexible because it doesn't have the calcium carbonate in it to make it uh, uh, rigid. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still one of the strongest natural substances on Earth. In fact, the strongest substance on Earth is the shell of the uh, teeth of a squid.
0: Oh, right, right. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the uh, beak.
7: The beak, yeah. So same substance mm-hmm. minus the, the calcium carbonate. and. Um, some mushrooms are toxic raw, that are edible cooked, like morels, which are common, popular. Oh, really? Chanterelles, you can't eat these things raw. Huh. So edible means edible cooked for mushrooms. This one's just bitter, this is inedible, it's not dangerous. So whereas that one is inedible for being tough, this is inedible just for being bitter, unless you literally like bitter. The interesting thing, this being, I guess, I'm guessing a science podcast, technically, like, yeah. Is that I have a confession to make, which is like I've never followed through on getting someone to study this as to whether it contains a substance called berberine, which is the active ingredient in golden seal, in a plant called yellow root, both because of the color and the extreme bitterness.
4: Mm-hmm.
7: And so I wondered, is that what's in this? Is that just wishful thinking? Like how many how many bright yellow things are bitter,
4: right. and
7: Aren't berberine. In fact, I think we passed, or was it yesterday? Oh, it blends in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another plant that has, on the way back, we'll see if it's growing here, Oregon grape, which has a root. It's used for medicine. Like, uh, it's strong antimicrobial. So, along with echinacea, they'll often mix in golden seal. Uh-huh. You'll see that on a tincture bottle in the store. And now that plant is over harvested and it's threatened. So oh, this you pick and it will keep growing back. So this could be a more sustainable source for that medicine. Yeah. It might even be a better form of it, more effective. Mm-hmm. Very beautiful. It's called ornate peas because of this ornate stalk. Peas means foot. Yeah. This this pattern of netting is distinctive.
0: Yeah, and I was noticing. I don't think I've ever seen a mushroom's gills that tightly packed. Yeah. It looks it looks almost like a sponge.
7: It is, because, because they're not gills. They're, they're pores, oh, okay. And, um, and they're really tubes oh, packed together.
0: Dang, that's so cool. I'll yeah. need to take a picture of that. <laughs> Thank you. Um,
7: I don't know if it'll blow up, but... Oh. So this is uh, not a polypore, which is also pores, but a bolete, And a bolete is another family. Um, so we we have several families represented here the bollied have a lot of edibles they have the porcini or the little uh, little pig is what that means or the sep or the king bolly these are all names around the world for what is tied with probably the number one mushroom number one common mushroom in the country and maybe in the world is is the the version of this called the king bully this is a different bullied obviously not the king as far as tasting mm-hmm. but the king also has this pattern mm-hmm. some people see that pattern and they think they have a, a king bolete.
0: Oh, oh that's no. probably unfortunate for them yeah
7: <laughs> yeah in fact there's a mushroom called the bitter bolete, which is not yellow and i've seen people pick baskets full because it has that pattern too and they're like okay i got king bully they get home they cook him up they have to throw the the whole meal away <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 so that's um that's your bowl eats. and um, that's your oh, notebook. You. <laughs> we got our fu- our seven reasons. Yeah. yeah, we got our four myths. I think mm-hmm. dangerous, difficult, not enough out there. And um, when we dist- we would destroy the woods. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we covered them. That's great. That's yeah. I have one more mushroom and uh, it's the w- one I planted. So let's. Yeah. Let's go on a hunt. Yeah. Okay. okay. You first. Okay, okay. okay. In there's bears. Oh, <laughs> oh sure. Uh-huh.
0: Yes, I am a known bear repellent. This interview is not over yet, folks, but we do need to take one more quick break for a word from our sponsor.
5: Listen
6: to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me,
5: Michael Rappaport on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
8: Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail.
7: Okay, let's stop here for a minute. Okay. Now, what did you notice? Uh,
0: there's a really cool spider web. This one? Yeah.
7: Yeah. What's cool about it? Uh, it looks
0: like a little trampoline. Or like a, like a, um, uh... Like a performer's net in a circus.
7: <laughs> yeah. Oh. Did you notice anything?
0: I noticed, um, like
1: a, the bark on trees kind of blackened. Yeah. And looks, I thought, maybe is mushroom something. And then I was like, nope. Yeah. And there's red, red mushroom that Dylan and I saw.
7: You saw one?
4: Mm-hmm.
7: Yeah. OK. Well. This is great. There's a range of answers from the ostensible point of having me look, having me, me having you look, and recognizing other things like the bark on there and the, the spider web, which we're not planning to eat today. <laughs> not so, today. Right. So not by mushrooms alone do we survive. Was it? I thought it was quite nice that I finally shut up and. I bet you picked up on the audio, the birds singing, you know. Oh,
1: yeah. The wind. The footsteps. Yeah.
7: Um, and in more natural areas, sometimes the sound of a stream, not the highway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I tell people, don't miss the forest for the fungus. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> what did you see?
7: I heard... This stuff, and I liked the quiet, and you know, it felt calming and you know, slowing down. Um, and there's mushrooms. So where, where's your red mushroom?
1: <laughs> it's back away. Mm-hmm. On the right, this side? No, this right. Yeah. yeah, right.
7: That's great because I did not see that in all, all my time here. And um, have we seen it before? I think so. That's why we did not stop. Right, and look, right, look. it's just right next to it. Wow, this is very cool. You, like, like, want a picture of this. Yeah. Um, I move the leaf. Mm-hmm. I move the mushroom. This is a different mushroom, oh, okay? Wow. Conceivably, this could be edible, and this could be deadly. Mm-hmm. I've never seen this before, this close. Huh, it's cool. a really cool lesson, because I don't think you would pick this one mushroom and that one by accident right at the Mm -hmm. same time but if there were a hundred of these you might Mm -hmm. and that is a real danger not because these look alike but because you stop paying attention Mm -hmm. because there's a hundred of them and you're just shoveling them in the basket because you're not being careful just like when you drive there's a difference between watching and putting on a blindfold right? Mm So. You know, when I had you look, you, you know, you saw stuff. But before, you were talking to me, right? And you didn't see anything. You didn't even see. Um, yeah. the, I think that I forget there was some big thing, the first mushroom. But, but you were looking for this, and you're paying attention. So it's great, and you have to keep paying attention. So yes, this is the one from before, and this is related to the blusher. In fact, this is going to grow up, and it's going to look like a yellow version of the, the, the reddish one back there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm sure it's not deadly. I think I think it's um, yellow patches because this This will open up and this is a kind of a yellow sheen see covering the the white that is actually what's called um, Technically the vulva It's it's like an egg case that it was born in a you a a veil over the whole thing Mm -hmm. and I didn't get into it, but the blusher had a bunch of bumps those are actually like eggshell from that egg that covered the whole thing so I'm gonna go ahead and pick this to, to illustrate see whether there's more evidence of that there isn't at the base but sometimes you dig it up and and it's literally coming out of a cup as if it was half of the egg mm-hmm. oh, and you got wow. the chick like sitting in the egg and you huh. could see that cup mm-hmm. but here all you have is this very faint kind of almost a dusting mm-hmm. Um... I'm, in fact, I'm not even positive that this is, you know, the amanita. I think it is, mm. that you know, yeah. amanita. Yeah, yeah, but but not the deadly one. <laughs> um, so, um, but this one I'm I'm certain is a russula, which is that brittle gill, and, and you see the, the, the easy way it crumbles. Mm. I don't think this is the cherry red one that will make your tongue burn because it's got that variation. You know, in the, oh. It's okay. Just kidding. No, I'm not getting anything. So, some people would just eat this without even knowing more mm-hmm. specific, without knowing the species. They know the the general, the genera, which is the general, you know, term for it. Cool. These are not the ones that I planted. <laughs> well, I thought it was just a fake out the whole time. because There weren't any. Yeah. No. Look again. And slow down. Oh. In fact, I've, I've now found two more that I didn't know were here.
1: Oh,
7: jeez. Well, there's one. Great. So that's that's one I didn't know was here. It's and by the leaves. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. So come from from this angle. And
6: oh yeah.
7: Believe it or not, like that's what I thought this was. Oh. It, it's oh. Huh.
6: It's
7: clearly much darker. Yeah. Um. And watch out. This is all poison ivy. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Um. Yeah, a little bit of exposure actually can um, right, accustom you to it, sure. but too much will actually make you more sensitive. So this was like this, oh, wow. and there wasn't going to be a cup there, but one thing you can see is this ring.
0: Right. So, uh, what, what, what are those? I've always been curious.
7: That's the partial veil. So a mushroom is maybe as an as a nominee that's born, like in a ball. Uh-huh. And, and the ball breaks out and you have maybe the cup there and you might have the eggshell on top. Uh, but then it opens up, and here it hasn't opened yet, it's a button. But when a button opens, it leaves a seal often, and this is the seal. So I open up and there might be a ring here, there might be bits hanging off of here, but that's because it, you know, it was sealed there. Not every mushroom, this mushrooms don't have seals, but amanitas generally do, not all of them. In fact, those blushers or back there might have rings also, yeah, and on top, there's a little bit of warts. The oh. blusher were full of them, but here's a little bit of eggshell from the egg that this came out of. Mm-hmm. This I think is called yellow patches like it's um, debatable on that ability. most people would be like unknown so they' like, oh no it's. It's amazing how gray area there is when there isn't a tradition to learn from. Um, yeah. yeah. Still, this you've not found the. Okay, great.
0: Intentional, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, there's there's a little buddy.
7: You do a great job of not saying anything. Um, I sh- it's like a spiritual practice. I should. <laughs> um, okay. What. Anything that looks like?
0: Uh oh goodness. I mean you've got a little bit of that veil that there right, that you so were there's talking a ring. about. Uhhuh.
7: Mm-hmm. Remnant of the seal. Uh-huh. What else is there? Of warts oh a bunch of warts, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So very clearly this fits all a lot of features of Amanita. It's also tall, it's mm-hmm. not short and, and thick like this. Uh-huh. Um, and uh and, and I don't know which it is, but it, it's it's an Amanita. And um there are ones I eat that I know, like the blusher, and I don't know the this one or whether this one's edible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we have a we have a discovery.
4: Oh, Dun, oh, ta-da! goodness! <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
7: <laughs> yeah, now <laughs> I um, and, and what?
0: are these? Are, are is this a classified mm-hmm. as a fungus right. uh, along this line? Right. Here? So this,
7: this was here. Uh-huh. I didn't plant this. Uh-huh. This is an another mushroom. So there are three so far, those I put in. But as I put those in, watch your step because I found this. Oh, heck yeah. See, I flagged it.
0: Oh, hey. (laughs) That's a good flag.
4: That
7: is. (laughs) This flag is comprised of um, (laughs) semi-artificial skewer, (laughs) which I used to plant (laughs) these. Now, which one you want to hear about first?
0: Oh, uh, I guess I asked about the logs, so
7: yeah. Right, so I'm, re- I'm really glad you have interest in this, because in the scheme of things of edibility, this is like the number one mushroom. This is like, oh, very common, inedible, and to most people, like, disappointing, because <laughs> it's also, it's known as, by many people, as false turkey tail. So the turkey tail is in my top ten. It's one of the top medicinal mushrooms. It looks very much like this, and it's equally inedible. So. You can chew on this for 62 hours, it will not get more tender. That's beautiful though. But it's very pretty and and the fact is, it's a shame people get disappointed when they look for turkey tail and 90% of the time they find this instead. So I asked Andrew Weil, who's an integrative medicine guru type doctor, about it, he said, you know what, probably just as good, we just haven't studied it yet. So what's in turkey tail is something called heavyweight polysaccharides. Every mushroom has that. There happens to be a lot in turkey tail. It's maybe something like 50%, whereas most mushrooms are like 10 to 20%. I don't know how much is in this, but even if it's 20%, if you find tons of this for free, then just use more of this, you know? but it's not studied, you know. Why it's not studied? Because it's free. Like, huh. why would they bother spending millions of dollars uh, yeah. to yeah. show that it's you, that it works? <coughs> uh, so, I call it parchment mushroom. That's a translation of the Latin name Sterium. It's a nicer name because sometimes uh, it doesn't happen much anymore. But people used to say I look like Bob Dylan, and I don't want to be called False Bob Dylan. Oh yeah, mm, right? Yeah. <laughs> He should be called False Alan Muscat. Yeah, we'll call um. him. <laughs> That's alright. I don't want to be hard on him. Oh. <laughs> Rub it in. Can we do this one now? Yeah. yeah, please. Okay, now. It looks like it might be on this wood. So we're going to move the wood. Okay. And see, the mushroom doesn't move.
0: Oh, wow. Huh.
7: It shouldn't be on the wood because if it's what I think it is, it's close. It wasn't exactly what I was hoping. Uh. But um, it will never be... I should never say never, but it's a symbiotic mushroom. It's not going to eat a dead piece of wood like that one. Oh, okay. It's got to come out of the ground. So I was right about the genus. This is uh, what in the vernacular is called a milk cap. And let's see if we can see why. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Do you see the shininess? Look at the drops. Oh, that's nuts. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's, it's called lactation, and this is a lactarius. For that reason, yeah. Huh. And in the one that I was hoping this was, it comes out white. And I've had people ask me, is that is that really milk? Like, I'm lactose intolerant. Can I can I eat that mushroom? <laughs> yeah. Oh,
4: sure.
7: Yeah, I gave them the good news that they, they couldn't eat yeah. it. I have tasted this one before. I had a scientist from the Triangle pay me $350 to do what I just did. Wow. I just ate his whole like budget um, he wanted he wanted a few drops of the latex not from this mushroom but from the really common one that's in my top 10 so I was hoping I could be I could show you the milk cap looks a lot like this which is browner this is a little reddish and it's yellower underneath and it might be served at rhubarb you know tonight because it's one of those 10 that there's a ton of. It's quite tasty, and this is very closely related. This is a different milk cap, um, so um, it's very close. So it's, I'm glad you got to see it. Yeah. And then this, which is the one of the you know it's most prized. Do you see you see more of them? Yeah. I hope. Good. Yeah. Oh, here. Sure. Um, you don't need a picture of my fake setup. Here. I know,
0: I'm fine. Thank you. because
7: okay, you could pose behind them and be... <laughs> you could do this thing where, you're, like, you're crawling with the knife. Like your... where? <laughs> your... <Yeah>.
0: Perfect. <laughs> All right, so everybody. But but, gets but one. is but is this how they how they just sprout up? Yeah, out that's of... how they would look. Oh wow. Oh. So, uh, I look.
7: I, I I might fake this, but I wouldn't like make it wrong. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I have some epics, I... <laughs> so, um, Now put these to your notes and see if you smell them. Oh. We might these... not with just one. These... No, and maybe the underside, or these for sure smell a lot. Do you get any smell? Um... If you don't, put them together. I know, I think those smell... Yeah,
0: good. um, the, the tops I'm getting this, like, floral note, and mm-hmm. the bottoms I'm getting, like, a pumpkin kind of scent from.
7: that at least you all have descriptive guesses. No, guess is not the right word. I mean, who's to tell you what it, what yeah. a smell is? The classic description, and you might not agree, and it varies, is apricots. Oh, so,
4: huh.
7: And it might even be cooked oh. with apricots to bring that out.
0: Oh, I see that, yeah.
7: Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> a bunch at once is easy. Perfect. In fact, I have a bag of them. If you're interested, I'll let you take them.
0: Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, they're so pretty. So chanterelles. Mm-hmm.
7: This is the smooth chanterelle. Uh, given the underside, is, it doesn't have any hint, really, of gills. Here, it kind of does. There are chanterelles that vary. There's a black one. There's blue one out west. We have red ones here. Um, they're, they're tasty and, um, great consistency, almost like a, like seafood, a little bit of like a chewiness, rubberiness almost like, but in, in a good way. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like a, like a clam, not like a yeah. rubber. <laughs>
7: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, and those are common too. They're in the top 10. So it's a really good lesson that like the, they say the best things in life, like, Are free. They're also not rare. You know, Mm -hmm. friendship is not rare. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, maybe. (laughs) Um, Let's go back Uh, to the. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, out of time. Out of time. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, we can walk. Start walking back. We could talk. And we didn't really do plants. We didn't do my rap song. (laughs) Be better.
4: Okay, well.
1: And this brings us out of the woods into the podcast studio <laughs> and to the end of this bonus interview with Alan. It was one of the most interesting interviews I imagine we'll ever do. And it really got me thinking about some things that I have never given much consideration. And I, I appreciate that
0: yeah, absolutely. It was paradigm shifty for me, and I feel like every time we go on a we go out on one of these field trips, we meet someone who we are so completely charmed by. Mm-hmm. and and Alan is that guy from this trip. so
1: yeah, yeah, I'm glad that people talk to us. <laughs> we appreciate it. And we appreciate you for listening. Yes. And we would also appreciate hearing from you. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com.
0: We're also on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at saverpod. We do hope to hear from you. Thanks to Alan for speaking with us. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Dylan Fagan. Thanks to you for listening. And we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere
1: you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com.
2: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer-founded, queer-run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin tomboy x just dropped their pride 24 collection obsessively fit tested for all-day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6x visit tomboyx.com